0: So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, available on all of your favorite podcast apps.
1: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel, joined by Damien McDonald. It is Thursday, the tenth of August, twenty twenty-three. This is episode two hundred and sixty-nine, a momentous episode. This, I think, this is the first podcast I've ever recorded in the UK, isn't it?
1: Yes, I think that is correct. Um, when you uh, uh, had a little sabbatical, we. Uh, I had guests, so yeah, we never actually did a UK one. So here it is, momentous moment. Good old, good old UK Joel over here, <laughs> back home. He's back, everyone. He is back.
2: Yes, I'm back. Um, thank you for your patience. So the G1 recording is always a bit tricky because the shows mm-hmm. come so thick and fast. I never know when is the right time to record, but
1: never we do time. it
2: now. Uh, we we'll, we'll just. Uh, do you know big picture thoughts on the blocks and stuff? But you know nobody at this point, I think, wants to hear our in-depth analysis of every single one of the thirty-two participants. So uh, we just we, we got to buy the vibes today, Damon.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, we gotta we gotta uh, manage this right. You know, we gotta uh, use our energy where it's needed. I don't think anybody uh, gives a flying fuck what our thoughts about Hikalayo are or uh, things of that nature. No offense to Hickle A.L., of course, but uh, we're in the home stretch of a G1 that has polarized all of pro wrestling, <laughs> to say the least.
2: Yeah, I'm in my element because people are mad, people are arguing. Um, all the outcomes are designed specifically to annoy the people I hate the most. So I'm just like a, a pig in shit at the moment. So <laughs> it's all coming up, Joel, at the moment. Um, we have like six, yeah, six questions from Antonio on Twitter, and okay. he's demanded that we answer them at the start of the podcast. No, I can't, I can't do I'm it. Sorry? I'm sorry, I'm not in the, I'm not in the right frame of mind to be dealing with that nonsense at the start of the. podcast. Did he demands so, that it's at the front. He did, he did, yeah.
1: Well, then it, we, it's we don't again. negotiate with terrorists, <laughs> do we, Damon? No, we do not. Don't tell us how to run our fucking show. <laughs> Come on. Do your own show? Gone, How about that? How about that? Yeah, do you
2: do your own goddamn show? Got <sighs> a good question here from Andrew. He says, "Do you prefer for for me? Do you prefer the ten AM start times watching New Japan live in the UK or being in almost the same t- almost the same time zone as it was in Asia?" It doesn't really matter actually because um, it's so the, the time t- whether or not I can watch a show live is completely dependent on childcare duties. So. Right. Today, I was like trying to watch Osprey versus Finlay whilst I was in the bank with Esther on my phone. And I was like, what am I doing? This is, this is not a good way to be consuming the grade one climax. So I, I stopped then. So um, yeah, it just, it just depends what's going on, really. Uh, so w- what about you? How much of this stuff have you watched live?
1: Uh, no, v- uh, very little um, in the sense that um, a lot of times it's the first thing. Like, when I open my eyes, I'll just grab the remote and pop it on. Um, but honestly, it, it's mostly been on delay just because this month has been just for the birds, if you will. Uh, so, you know, a lot of, a lot of the ways that I've consumed this have been, oh, there's been a lot of catch-up. You know, it's, it's like binge watch, you know, two shows or three shows. Um, yeah, but rarely do I see like I'm not waking up that early and I'm trying to, to, to get like a, the schedule down for myself and it's just, I don't know, not working anywho. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, hardly ever live in the moment. And I just try to stay away from any spoilers, but here's the thing with the spoilers too. Like. I don't know if it's just me reaching a certain point in my life or what it is. I, like I don't care about spoilers. Like people could tell me the the all the results. <laughs> Literally everything. And I'll watch. I'm still gonna watch, but like, I don't know. I just kinda
2: I don't know. I I think the, I, the I, destination I, for you.
1: I just like Yeah. I, I I don't I don't really it's not a big deal to me anymore, in the sense of having, you know, people spoil shit for me. I know life's too fucking short. How <laughs> you know, I many? I'm gonna bitch a moan about that. Um, but truth be told, nobody spoiled anything. Nobody, nobody has spoiled anything. I mean, we get a handful of texts. Uh, a couple of them were in a group, and you know that's it. That's it. I mean, I can't. I can't recall a G one in modern times. You know, when you could watch these shows. You know that. that you know, I remember Ustream. I remember paying what a hundred and twenty dollars for all the shows, and that was a big fucking deal. Like I just it, like I, th- this one. Just seems like zero interest. From people who usually have a lot of interest. And I will say that I f- it feels like they're missing out on some stuff. But in other regards, I'm kind of like, okay, well, you know, they, they're finding something to do with their time that's, it feels a little bit more uh, dopamine popping, if you will.
2: Yeah, there have definitely been some interesting uh, and unusual choices. Considering that this is supposed to be the G1 climax where we're back. You know, we've got the cheering crowds, all the, you know, the, the eyes of the lapsed fans watching again. And we're hoping New Japan put their best foot forward. I'm not saying they haven't necessarily, but there's certainly been some choices.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is, you know, people being upset because they didn't book it the way that they wanted it to be booked. Um, and you know, not for nothing that happens. Sorry, sorry they didn't cater to you. Um, and 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 that being said, um there were some choices, as you would say. There were some choices. Um, and, and we're down to four. And I think that the four that are there, I mean the, the majority of the four, we'll say three quarters of the four. Are names that you would expect to be in that mix, um, and one who's you know at this point I can't think of anyone who is more hated. So it's you know, uh, and 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 I well, know Chase people Simmons
2: made the semifinals.
1: <laughs> I think people would be happier with that than uh, than evil. Um, sorry for the spoilers there, but. I got to be honest with you. I'm not that, not that upset by that. I mean, yes, yes, of course, we would all love to see the greatest possible matches we could possibly see. Yep, I would love it. Um, I don't want to say this like it's because we've seen some pretty great stuff. Uh, maybe just not in the volume that that we had hoped for, but. Um, I'm okay with this. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm all right with it. I mean, Osprey, Okada, Naito, kind okay, of evil. Um, an evil again. I I can't think of any a, a a pro wrestler alive today that's more universally despised. And I know people are going to be like, uh, it's not the right kind of heat, man. It's turned to channel heat. <laughs> okay, I, I mean, I can't tell you what to do, but I, I just can't believe everybody losing their fucking mind over this.
2: Let's, let's dig into that one there. So we have a question here from um, Tarzan Boy. He says, do you think New Japan has sacrificed quality too much in favor of storytelling this G1? Evil progressing instead of E.G. Shingo Ishii has meant boring, lazy matches for the latter stages instead of the match of the year candidates. feels like the work rate in New Japan is getting a bit diluted this summer. Um, I am a pervert and a contrarian, and I'm always sort of going to lean towards cheering for outcomes that are going to annoy the most of the number of people. Um, and look, I, it's it's difficult to discuss these two matches. I mean, let's talk about Evil. So he is through to the semi-finals. He's going to face Okada. And there's a big part of me that actually really wants to see An evil versus Naito final, you know, run back that feud from 2020 that all the Western fans hated so much, just to see the meltdown. Like, if if Evil gets that pin over Okada in the semifinals, there will be absolute chaos, and I'm here for it.
1: Yeah. Um. Look, I get it. I mean, I I kind of lean the other way in the sense that, yeah, I, I I look forward to this time of year because it it's Usually, pretty great, <laughs> right? Um, and I don't know if we're going to get that necessarily if evil does win. Um, you know, an ideal scenario of like an Okada will or um, even like a Naito Okada um, would be pretty nice. But look, uh, to answer the question, I mean... I think the proof is in the pudding, right? This is not New Japan 2020. This is not New Japan 2019. It's just not. Um, And I know that there are a lot of people that are massively disappointed with that. And I get it. Trust me. I get it. Once again, it was the greatest or arguably one of the greatest periods New Japan Pro Wrestling had if you... Um, love, love the work rate. If you love those matches, that's not to say that we didn't get that in this year's G1. We absolutely did. Again, not in the volume that, that maybe we wanted or, uh, what has been delivered to us in the past. It's unsustainable people. You, it's like kiss the ground that you walk upon and, and thank the lucky stars that you, you wake up every day and you were a part of this. Be thankful because it's unsustainable. It's impossible. Every single promotion has this. They, I mean, I mean, there have been, numerous promotions that have just caught fire. And if you love the pro wrestling, you can go through history and be like, Oh, what a great period that was. Or, what a great era that was. And then you could fast forward the clock and be like two years later and be like, what in the fuck happened? It's just unsustainable. Um, and to be honest, Joel, and again, not making excuses. Let's not make excuses because we've crossed that bridge. We're well past it. But this is a promotion that, you know, had of all the pro wrestling promotions I can think of, I think New Japan had the biggest punch and the biggest the 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 biggest struggle, uh COVID wise. Right? Like trying to run a Pro wrestling promotion that's primarily based off of ticket sales um, through COVID. It, it was a tough one. Is it disappointing that being on the other side of the bridge now, you know, like crossing that chasm, that this is the product that it is? I get it. Because I am too. I am. I'm I can't sit here and lie and tell you that everything is roses. It's not. But it's a different fucking New Japan pro wrestling. And if that turns people off, that turns people off. And trust me, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, all of Japan has said, <laughs> because that, that is not the case here. But I will say, um, was it Obari that, that tweeted out? And then people responded to his tweet and just fucking pounced on them. And I'm not talking about Western Western fans. I'm talking about in the country of Japan. Just, I've never seen anything like it, to be honest with you. It was fucking amazing how uh, they went for the throat. They were not happy, the people that were responding. Are there people that might like and enjoy and appreciate Um, but there no, is. I, a- I think this will
2: be a good time to bring up that the, Get- the live reactions that these matches are getting in the arenas. Mm-hmm. It, it is getting a lot of heat. People are noisy for it. And when you compare that to stuff that people don't care about, like any Chase Owens match where they're just sitting on their hands and you can hear a mouse fart, people are into it. And, you know, there's a discussion to be had about that. Like, how do you reconcile that? the fact that the people in the arena seem to be reacting to it and enjoying it with all the complaints we're hearing from, you know, it could be a noisy minority. I don't know, but I don't have the data at my hands, but how do you reconcile the live reactions to the reactions we see online?
1: No, I agree. I mean, it's, and maybe they're cheering because they really are booing, but you know, as well as I do, Uh, The people that don't like something are more prone to hop on the keyboard and pound away angrily uh, than the people that would be like, oh, this is fucking awesome, right? Or or I'm really enjoying this. People are more apt to complain. That's just in human nature in 2023. I mean, but like like the live reaction – Is, uh, here's the problem I have: Does the live reaction equate to money being made and profitability and the product growing and all of that stuff? Because at the end of the day, that's the most important thing for the company. Um, and is it I don't the most
2: important thing for us though as fans. Like I'm less concerned about New Japan's bottom line and more concerned about watching an exciting and well-booked and creative storytelling and all that stuff.
1: Right. But they go hand in hand. Like, you're not going to pay money to see something that you are totally fucking bored with or whatever. But if you did pay that money and you're in the element, yeah, you're going to cheer. You're going to boo. You're going to fucking do what fans do. You're there. Right. Um, And you're going to react to what you're seeing. Trust me, if they don't have fucking money coming in, there ain't going to be no New Japan Pro <laughs> to enjoy. So I, I think, I mean, I, I, I know it's not what some people want to hear. Just watch and enjoy it, man. Well, okay, I, I, I can do that. But to me, I need to keep a, a watchful eye on the business end because once again, if it doesn't connect with the people to buy tickets, then there was a problem. But just because something is booked, just because Shingo didn't fucking make it to the finals or what have you, it wasn't booked in the way that you wanted it, eh, to me that's a little fucking babyish.
2: And I want to ask you, like, what do you think, what is the difference between 2023 House of Torture Evil making a run to the semifinals and bullet club cheating bullet club jay white getting a run to the finals in 2019 which everyone loved you know everyone mm, loved the dynamics hold on of- hold
1: on hold on hold on i don't think everybody loved it <laughs> right like
2: I- that, that final the ibushi jay white was you know very critically acclaimed people yes. really enjoyed that and enjoyed the dynamics of the cheating heel and the baby face having to overcome that why is this being met with such hostility or, or you think there's no difference and people hated jay white back then
1: I think people hated Jay White equally and were pleasantly surprised by that match. And trust me, there were people that were just like, you know, I don't necessarily agree with it, but there were people there that, you know, even after the match was done, was just like, okay, that, that was there. Um, and didn't appreciate it as much as say, you know, you know, I don't want to bring Kenny Omega into the fucking conversation, but Kenny versus fucking Naito or, uh, even like, Something like uh, you know Tanahashi against Nakamura. Um, it's just, I think people, uh, people don't, people got into New Japan Pro Wrestling, not for uh, Western influenced pro wrestling, even though it's always been there. Right? It's always been in the mix. But once again, if it's in the forefront, like people didn't complain about evil when he was just fucking, you know, sitting in the never six man. Right? People really didn't give a fuck. It was and, and in fact, I think people started to come around and be like, appreciate the fact that this guy's just a fucking dick eel and the whole faction are just fucking dicks. The problem is, is that. The, the 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 prominence of evil right they don't mind evil being in all right so it's somebody who really loves comedy wrestling right somebody loves the comedy because uh, they just can't fucking get enough of it uh, do you think people would lose their fucking skulls if colt cabana was in the semifinals if yano was in the fucking semifinals i think they would why because that's not what they want from this it's it's i hate to say it but it's like a band that you really love they come out with an album and it's like what the fuck is this and it takes a long time and you may not ever like that album you might think what the fuck were they thinking just you know Okay, you can't fucking do that all the time. And there's there's diminishing returns. And and guess what the diminishing returns are, Joel? The diminishing returns are guys walking around backstage, uh, and I use walking in air quotes because they can barely fucking get out of bed and their music hits and they find a way to get out there and perform. Um that's that's the price you pay for 2017, 2018, 2019. That's the price you pay.
2: Well, we discussed in our preview that the potential evil versus sonata quarterfinal is like ghetto waving a fist at you. It's a threat. It's it's always hanging over you. Like I, I could put evil Sonata. if you if you're naughty. This is what you're getting. And you mentioned it that. Evil and House of Torture have been booked like absolute jobbers, comedy jobbers over the last what two years. Yep. So, do you think that there's an argument to be made that Evil needed this run in order to for, for there to be some sort of threat and some sort of peril? Because if he's losing all the time, then no one's going to get invested in it.
1: No doubt. And the problem is, is that you're deciding, you're making that decision during the time where people want. The best pro wrestling they can deliver. Right? I mean, if they did this during World Tag League or if they did this during whatever and just, you know, put them back on the fire and heated them up, I don't think you would hear as much, you know, complaining. The problem is, is is the fact that it's happening during this. I, you know, people, people want filet mignon. I'm sorry they just they they're the the bar and the expectations of G1 are rooted firmly in a lot of people's memories and becoming fans of the product that's what they come to expect and when they get the opposite of that they might get fucking macaroni and cheese you know they people are going to complain it's just <laughs>
2: what it is So we're looking at the possibility, well, we've got either Okada or Evil getting through to a potential final against Naito or Osprey. And I said before, like Naito versus Evil, there is history between them and there is a Mm -hmm. storyline justification for that happening. Who do you think makes it through between Okada and Evil?
1: I think Okada. I mean, look with all due respect here, like we are talking about the G1 finals and, and the idea. Okay. So, so what they have done so far is basically said, okay, Sonata needs uh, a win, right? Sonata needs uh, to successfully defend this title before Wrestle Kingdom. Let's give them evil, right? Um, does it, do you, I don't expect evil to win the title, but <laughs> I mean, stranger fucking things have happened. Um, and they uh, and they were willing to, to, to drop the belt on him once. Um, I think. I don't want to say you have to put Okada through. But in my mind, you have to put Okada through, right? It is the finals. I mean, I, I feel like that does mean something. Like, you can go through this entire G1, and I don't want to say half-ass it, but okay, whatever. It's the finals, and you have the opportunity to have something great. Now, here's the problem, too. You're going to have Okada and presumably Naito? Because, I mean, Will and, and Okada have already happened. So why would you go to that again in the finals? So that leads me to—I mean, it could be very well evil. You know what I mean? Like you it, like, look. I know people don't want to hear it. It could very well be evil, and and you're right. There is a built-in story, unfortunately. Like it's kind of hard to. Get people excited over a feud that was y- literally years ago. And when they did it, w- just nobody gave a fuck. And when I say nobody gave a fuck, I mean the company, it felt like didn't give a single fuck. Like evil turns, he has a matches, you know, gets Heromo or fucking, you know, whoever. And it it was really one of those things where it was like, okay, is this really a feud? Um, and we're going back to it. <laughs> That's that does leave you scratching your head a little bit. I got to be honest. I think a lot of people are in the same boat.
2: I predicted when we were doing our pickums at the start that we were getting a Naito Okada final, and I'm sticking by that. I don't think Evil is going to beat Okada, but I think they've done an effective job with this Evil run that there is a you know some doubt in my mind that you know Evil may actually win this. That's good um, and. That is good. I I think that's uh, an accomplishment in and of itself. Um, And I suppose that completely lost my train of thought because of all the (laughs) the shenanigans going on behind me. they, they They didn't want Sanada being in that semi-final spot because presumably they don't want him in the G1 final and they also don't want him to lose to Okada. And that's not a defense for it if you dislike it because at the end of the day they had 32 people and it's their tournament they can book it how they want so I'm never going to make excuses for a company on account of them booking themselves into a corner but I you know, I like it I I mean I, I suppose we should actually discuss some of these matches like the Sonata versus Evil match and also the Evil versus Shingo match like the Evil Shingo match that decided the block I thought was great i really enjoyed that i loved all the run-ins and the shenanigans and the way it just it was like a looney tunes cartoon but the crowd were really into it and i like the way they built that up and had the uh the announcement beforehand saying that if shingo won then there'd be the play match between shingo and tamatongi you know threatening the crowd with a, another tamatonga singles match very <laughs> effective way of creating <laughs> extra drama there uh but i thought that one was really good i thought that was house of torture at its best, where again you are established them as a threat, and then you know, you had all this, the LIJ guys running in, so you didn't make them look like complete boobs and red hot crowds. I thought, yeah, you know, that is proof of concept that house of torture when it works. And a lot of people were complaining about that. And I was saying, let's just calm down. You know, this is just like a match to decide who makes the top eight of this tournament. But now that he's in the final four, uh, my words of uh, sort of Trying to calm these people down who dislike it, are becoming somewhat hollow now that he's in the, the top four <laughs> of the tournament. But there you go. The, the Sonata match was different though because there wasn't that much interference in it. Okay, there was the, the Ditto go spot in the middle, but by and large, I think you would say that Evil won this clean, right? For the most part, right? For the most part,
1: um, I don't. I wasn't blown away by either of them. Um, truth be told, I, I, n- neither of them did i find like i remember watching the sonata no excuse me the uh, shingo match and like how it landed for you it was pr- probably the opposite for me like it was probably one of those things where will they just fucking stop like do we need all this like i don't I, and and it's frustrating because in like i it's trust Look, we, Let I me mean, let me peel back the curtain a little bit. We do not have the best relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling, okay? Let's just put it out there. We don't. If we did, uh, I think that we would not be getting uh, snarky direct messages, okay? <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, so with that being said, I have absolutely no stakes in this, neither this Joel. Um, it, it didn't land for me. It's not, it was not what I wanted to say. And I, I know I, I tried desperately to want it to work for me and it just didn't it's not what i wanted to see um and and it might go back to okay this isn't booked the way that i want you could still could have had evil do what he does um just not with the fucking just i don't know i th- i think everyone loses in the end with that like i just feel like there's only so many times you can go to the well with that in a high profile spot and not frustrate and not f- disappoint people who again once again i hate to put some this this extra glitter on G1 but I get it. I get the disappointment. If you want to do that during World Tag League, if you want to do that, whatever, I just feel like this tournament is special. And I hate the fact that this is a factor. I I do. I'm not going to lie.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think my house of torture, apologize, enjoy enjoyment. Huh? I've completely lost the ability to articulate myself. Yeah, that's man. right. That must be the jet lag. <laughs> um, <laughs> there I'm, I'm probably in. In, the, in the minority with that, uh, and I, I again, I will never be out here telling people that they're wrong for disliking it. And I completely understand the complaints. Like for me, I find it quite entertaining, and I think there is a place for it. But uh, I accept the concerns that maybe the semi-finals of the G1 Climax is not the place. But I'll be interested to see how that. Okada match plays out because the Shingo match and the Sonata match were very different in the way they were laid out. And part of that could have been because of the, the nature of the Osprey versus Finlay match, which had a lot of interference itself, which you know, yeah. we'll discuss that soon, but I'll be curious to see if they go with one of those similar uh, blueprints for the evil Okada match. Micheal, um, I think that's yeah. a big,
1: I think it's jaw. I think it's a big factor though. like, Evil can win. I got an absolutely zero problem with evil winning. Give me a good match. Like, unfortunately, the 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 interference and the nonsense does take away from my enjoyment from it. Um, like, but if evil beats Okada clean as a sheet, okay.
2: I got. I really don't have that much of a problem with that. Um, I. Here's oh, the thing. You, you want my heartache? I find all the interference and shenanigans more entertaining than evil trying to wrestle clean me. And again, okay. that's just me, but yeah, I thought I mean, the Shingo match was a lot more entertaining than the Sonata match was today. I didn't think that the Sonata match was bad, but again, he was sort of channeling LIJ evil. Who yeah. I just didn't really find that interesting.
1: I hear you because I, because the the issue is that I don't think anybody thinks evil as a guy who can deliver given all the opportunities that he has to be that top tier new Japan guy, right? We it's, it's, he's proven it time and time again that he's not. So the idea of, okay, we're going to put him in this spot and, and fingers crossed, please give me something good that, you know, we can sink our teeth into as a pro wrestling fan. Okay. Okay. He's never delivered or it's been kind of delivered, but then, okay, now, now the second option on the table is him and shenanigans. Okay. Well, what, what do you want? Do you want to be bored to death with a, you know, classic new Japan pro wrestling main event? Or do you want something that's fast paced, uh, chaos everywhere, fucking bodies flying left and right, people going left and right. If you have ADHD, I mean, it's fucking fantastic, I'm sure. Um, by the way, I have ADHD, and it's not fantastic for me, but I'm just saying. Um, y- y- but you get my point. You get my point.
2: All right, well, maybe let's step away from Evil Fan and discuss the other semi-final. so his opponent, uh, Kazuchika Okada, who defeated Zack Sabre Jr. today, a 21-minute match with the Rainmaker. I have less to say on that match about Okada than I do about Zack. I just want to throw flowers at Zack because I thought he was just outstanding and the way he's developed and become more muscular and he's really sort of roughhousing Okada in this match and had counters for all of his moves and was just basically beating him up and then got caught out in the end with the what was it called, the cobra flosion move that I don't think Okada had last time that they faced each other. Was it in hyper battle last year, I want to say. Um, But I thought that match was just a a brilliant, brilliant performance from Zack Sabre Jr. And Okada, I don't really have a great deal to say about him. I think he's had an OKG one. I think out of all the wrestlers in the field, he seems to be the one who's struggled to adapt to the 20 minute time limit because he's a guy who takes a while to warm up before he, he needs that
1: 10 minutes. Yeah. 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 He needs that extra 10 minutes. You might be right. You definitely might be right. Uh, um, well, listen, you are right about Zach who arguably is my favorite pro wrestler. Um, it, and, and again, again, what he brings to the table is uncertainty. Uh, and, but, but the, the manner in which he delivers that uncertainty um is mesmerizing to me. Right? It it is it is just not only is it amazing to watch, but it's fun to watch. It's it's like I guess the best description I can give you is like when somebody masters something so well that it just looks easy. Um like like a, like a speed run in a video game, right? Um, Like they're just going and doing it and flawlessly. And that's or like watching someone play like Guitar Hero at expert level and not missing a fucking beat. Like to me, that's just amazing um, to be in that zone. And he's that guy to me. Um, Okada. the, The thought I had of Okada was that he's a guy that it feels to me and I could be dead wrong that he is pacing himself like he's I don't think he's gone a 100 percent Okada yet and I think that's still yet to come um but that's what I feel like when I when I watched him during this tournament and I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. Because once again, we're talking about bodies with a ton of fucking miles on it Um, and him maybe going 75, 70, 80 during these matches that, okay, we need to we need to have him pick up a win. But is it that important that he that he tortures himself to get there? Um, Conserve yourself. So I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that.
2: Yeah, I think the hardest work Okada's done so far in this G1 is selling those ridiculous strikes that Tangano was throwing. Oh at him my lord.
1: <laughs> what the fuck was that, dude?
2: Like, I, I got to address that.
1: Like, somebody's got to fucking talk to him backstage, right? After that's done and be like, what, what, what in the blue fuck was that? Like, seriously. <laughs> like, the fact that Okada, I mean, he sold it, but okay. I mean, not. Hard. I, I I was
2: shouldn't have met. done David. You should have just slapped him in the face oh. and said, What the hell are you doing? Because yeah. him having to sell for that is quite frankly an insult, not only to Okada, but to us as the viewer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not only were they weak, they were they had so much daylight. <laughs> it was just I I swear to you, after that was done, I had to rewind and watch again, and I was just mesmerized by how absolutely awful that was Uh, it was it might have been one of the more embarrassing spots that I've seen in pro wrestling in a very long time it was horrific (laughs) and to have it again in in a pretty marquee match was just inexcusable somebody had to talk to him when he got backstage
2: Right, let's move to the other side of the bracket then and talk about Will Ospreay defeating David Finlay in 70 minutes with the Storm Driver 93. This is going to be a boring take, but Will Ospreay is by far the MVP of this tournament. He's given pretty much everyone in that block their best match. That El Fantasmo match to decide the block was spectacular. And yeah, I, I love ELP. There's a lot of people who say he's got no juices, babyface. I think they're out to lunch because you can just hear from the crowd they were on the edge of their seats they they were desperate for that ELP win and it just didn't come and it was just perfectly told the drama and you know the little things like ELP hitting the CR2 and then he thought he'd won and he's you know clenching his fists and that just cost him in the moment and without Will Ospreay as that dance partner does that match land as well as it did I don't know probably not and yeah. whilst I do want to acknowledge the great work that ELP did there I think Osprey is just a master at showcasing his opponent's strengths and making them look good and, and telling a dramatic story in the ring. I mean, look no further than him having that great match that he did with Kenta.
0: Right. So
2: Osprey, brilliant. He's been terrific this G1. And this David Finlay, he he's been unimpressive. He's been uninspired. I I think for the most part the C block that he was put in didn't really Play to any of his strengths, and he seemed to be regressing for me into being Diet Jay White or Jay Light, (laughs) (laughs) Light. some some are calling him, Um, rather than being the sort of bruiser, bullying, aggressive, savage that he was earlier in the year. Mm -hmm. He just seemed to be sort of falling back onto Jay White style tropes in his matches, rather than doing his own thing. However. I think in the Shingo match and definitely in the Osprey match, I saw more of the David Finlay that I enjoyed at the start of this turn. And I do think a big problem at the moment for him is Gabe Kidd looming in the background. Because I think Gabe Kidd is just doing everything that Finlay does better than him. But just to discuss this match, I thought the Osprey-Finlay match was... Outstanding because it just had a bit of everything. There was all the sort of faction drama with Cobb being sent away and O'Kahn trying to take on the war dogs. And that's laid the groundwork for what I think could be a really great tag feud between those four guys. And O'Kahn lying over Will Ospreay's body to try and protect him and Jeff Cobb launching him off the side and him having that little moment there. So there was all that great drama with the tables and all of that. And it the, the shillelagh. And, and that all made sense to me because... You know, David Finlay is a guy who, if he thinks he's going to lose the match, he's going to do everything that he can to try and cut those corners and make sure that he doesn't. So for me, again, they're the purists out there who, you know, they're my pure Bushido shin I don't want to see any interference. Fine, okay. We, we've had that conversation, but I thought it really worked. I thought it was very dramatic. Um, moreover, when they got that stuff out of the way, I thought the, the technical quality of the match was brilliant. Like some of the sequences and the exchanges down the stretch there was one where osprey was coming flying in with the hidden blade and Finlay counted it into a, a backslide yeah. just absolutely seamlessly i've re-watched that about three or four times just because i there was no he didn't miss a beat it was so smooth and so i was so impressed with that and some of Finlay's bumps that he took you know absolutely flipping inside out for osprey strikes just a, a tremendous wrestling match and I thought it was brilliant. I thought th- that might be my favorite match of the tournament so far.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, there's no question in my mind that Osprey is an MVP uh, winner. Like, I don't think that there is anyone else that you could say that now there have been, you know, guys who maybe even have outperformed what people have expected. Right. I think, uh, to a certain degree, Eddie Kingston might be one of those people on that list. I think Gabe Kidd, um, you know, there's a few that you can put in that list, but you're right, every person to a wrestler who wrestled Will Ospreay had their best match. <laughs> you know, um, it's 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 crazy how good he is. Um, I think I am most disappointed in David Finley and I'll tell you why. Um, I think for people who have made it out of this pandemic with, you know, rainbows in their eyes and just thinking of what can be and what could be. And, and the idea of, Pivoting to David Finley as a, as as a, you know a pretty focal point in this promotion, I think even if you were going to say, okay, he's a heel, he's uh you know a leader of the shittiest fucking dirtiest beside you know, but you know, House of Torture technically is kind of Bullet Club at this point. I mean, it's so fucking gray at this point i you know who knows but okay part of bulka i i don't even think that this tournament helped him in that regard and i really 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 not only wanted but thought it would be his coming out party and he was going to quiet a lot of people and i just think that the the noise of people questioning david finley i mean there's a lot of people that are probably taking fucking victory laps um thinking that this was not a good idea or this wasn't the person or what have you look to to date besides that will osprey match give me give me what else give me give me what else not only in g1 but like in general it's been a lot of promise it's been a lot of potential it's been a lot of okay you know let's 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 give the guy a fucking chance i mean so far it doesn't feel like it's working i'm i'm not going to lie and and the problem with new japan is this they are going to go with it whether it you know <laughs> they are going to they are gonna go with it. We've seen it in the past. Um, so I'm hoping better days are coming, but you would think that this would be it and it hasn't been.
2: Yeah, I mean for all the fantasy booking people might do about Gabe taking over his bullet club either. I don't think it's going to happen. No. What do you do with David Finlay then? Like, unless his contract is expiring sometime soon, and that's a you know neat way for to transition out of that, and he goes off to WWE or whatever. I just I don't see that happening. So, I agree with you. I think we are stuck with David Finlay as Bullet Club leader for the time being. So, um, yeah, unless he's wrestling Will Ospreay every week, then we might have a bit of a problem on our hands. Um, and yeah, I mean, the more we have these conversations, whilst I was a little bit sort of lukewarm on the idea of Osprey leaving. I think now I've seen what I've seen over the last few weeks from Osprey. I think New Japan losing him would be pretty disastrous just in the way that he raises the bar and lifts the floor, not only in giving... Just as we said, giving people who have the shit wrestlers giving them passable matches and giving the decent wrestlers, outstanding matches. Um That's all him. I mean, that's not an accident that it just keeps happening with Will Ospreay, but I'm repeating myself at this point. Um, no, I'm with you. To,
1: yeah, I'm absolutely with you. Joel. And, and I think the biggest problem is, is that, okay, if Will Ospreay left, like they have a very talented roster, but they have no one that can fill those boots. Like, they really don't um and the the like okay so back you know whatever it was you know nakamura after the dome they're like okay you know he's going to wwe and everybody was like what the fuck and oh my god it's the end of the they had tanahashi okada uh Oh, I mean, who the fuck else? I mean, Kushida, they had, you know, with the juniors, they had. I mean, the talent was, they were stacked, you know. Um, you know, we were Ibushi. Um, I mean, and, and they had a lot of people that could fill those boots if necessary. And it was necessary. And I don't, like the people that they have to fill those boots are people who are either in their 40s or have the bodies and the physical makeup of a 60 year old. Like you can't pin that on these people. Um, and that's a one of the reasons why they are trying to make new stars. but let's be truthful here. There's nobody that can fill those boots. Um, there are plenty of really good wrestlers. Don't get me wrong. I mean, honestly, it's a ch- it's a roster that is chock full of fucking great talent. But if you're going to sit here and tell me that Shingo is the guy, Shingo is old, people. Uh, Tanahashi obviously is old. Okada is maybe not old calendar wise, but the miles he has put on are Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, like, who do you, Naito? You mean to tell me, you know, he's he's fucking broken, and 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 that's not to say that he they can't deliver in a big spot occasionally. But you're gonna you're gonna hit your wagon to that. You know, it's <laughs> it's concerning. Like l- losing Will Osprey would be. I'm not gonna say the fucking company is going to. You know, by any stretch. But it's gonna be noticeable. Trust me, it's gonna be fucking noticeable.
2: And not for nothing. Can I say something great? So much heavy lifting and making a lot of guys look better than they actually are. And that's fine to do, but
1: right, when it comes down to it, I mean, I'm gonna be very truthful. I think that's reason number one why. You people are a little disappointed in what the, the output is in G one, and and it might be a company wide thing to say, hey, you know what, guys, we might need to just tone it down on nights five, six, and seven, and then you know, up we go. It quite possibly could be the case, um, but it also could possibly be the case that as good as those people are, there is a wide gap. Between those people and the people that are head and shoulders the top dogs in the company, and oh, man, I, I, I'm gonna be honest with you if if Will Osprey left, whew, what, what oh boy, wowzers is, is all I gotta say because if you're looking for quality pro wrestling matches. Boy, it's uh, it's tough sledding, tough sledding, and it and here's the thing too, that took years to happen. That took him being in chaos and a junior and the turn and you know
2: everything, everything that was involved, and a, a year where I thought he was really struggling to adapt to the heavyweight style. Yeah, I think it was twenty. 20- 21 or 2020 or 2020. I can't remember. There's one G1 that he was in. I think it was 2021. Well, I thought it was horrible. He <laughs> was really bad. Uh, and yeah, it took him a while to figure that out. So there have been struggles along the way. Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, but who's doing that now? You know, and that's not to say Shingo can't have a good match. That's not to say Ishii can't have a good match. He he proved it in Cork. The problem is, is that, okay, how many times you're going to go a fucking well with these guys who, you know, They're 40! Come on.
2: Okay, well, let's uh, move on to talk about Tetsuya Naito then, who defeated Hikuleo in the first quarterfinal on the show, 13 minutes with a Destino. So he advances to the semifinals. Um, I thought he started off his tournament pretty slow, but I thought it was backloaded with a lot of very high-quality stuff. I thought the Zack match was excellent. The Tanahashi match, like the pair of them, I thought did a, a brilliant job rolling back the years because I was nervous about that one um, and not without reason, but I thought they delivered a match that obviously was not at the level of the 2017 classics that they had in terms of the, the work rate, but in terms of the drama that they created, I thought it was brilliant and they really got me with some of the near falls. I was very, very nervous because I've got, I've still got my clown makeup on for, Naito is winning the G1. I'm standing by that. But there were moments in that Tanahashi match where I was like, oh, no, and, and was getting nervous. Mm-hmm. And also in this Hikolo match as well. Um, so I think, yeah, Naito has been performing very well in the last three matches that he's had. I'll, I'll talk about Hikolo in a bit, but um, how have you enjoyed Naito in his last few matches? Do you expect him to beat Osprey and make his way to the final? Because I do. I don't think... You can have him lose to Osprey again because he's lost the previous two matches to Osprey. So yeah. I think this as I guess the rubber match is it can it be the rubber match if he's lost the first two? I think naito has got a win.
1: Yeah. I mean I think that would be that would that would that would be the way I would go. Um That being said though, um okay, let you have let's just say Naito goes on and wins and, and just to kind of catch us up here. I think he's had a decent, uh, G one, but to me, he's very much in that Okada bucket of maybe not going balls out, you know, in the middle of this tournament and saving the best for when it really, really matters. Um, um, and you know, I think that's a conscious decision, and I don't have a problem with it. Um, if Naito beats Will, and it's—I mean, if all right, let's give the two scenarios. If it's Okada, I think we have ourselves a, a, the possibility of a really good match. I really do. That being said. Between Evil, Okada, Naito. What is that Wrestle Kingdom main event looking like?
2: The speculation is uh, Sanada, Naito, Wrestle Kingdom main event, which, you know, makes sense story-wise, but it doesn't excite me, to be honest. I mean, we've seen them wrestle each other plenty of times. We, We saw them wrestle each other in the New Japan Cup. It was okay, but... Part of me is hoping that they get the belt off Sanada Sutherland for <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom because him going into Wrestle Kingdom main event, yeah, I'm not there. I mean, I've enjoyed Sanada this year. I think he's he's been all right. He's had an okay tournament. I think he's getting he, he was shown up by a lot of other people in his block. And, yeah, Naito versus Sanada doesn't get my juices flowing for a, a Tokyo Dome main event.
1: No, it really doesn't. Like, in, in fact it's kind of i i mean for me personally i of 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 like it's probably second from the bottom of where i would want you know of the of the people that are remaining like given what what would be a sexy dome main event <sighs> boy and again people are going to You know, I I get the idea that you know he may very well be super popular in Japan, and he may be a guy who we just don't get, right? Okay, I'll, 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 I'll I'll take that. I'm not waking up at fucking two o'clock in the morning for (laughs) Sonata and fucking Naito. Just not happening. And and to me, on paper. It really feels like at least like, if okay, let's say, let's just say evil wins. Let's just say evil wins. I know everybody's having a heart attack right now, but let's just say for, for shits and giggles, evil wins G1 and goes on to... I don't know. Would he have a defense, or would he, you know, have a challenge to Sonata beforehand? Like, I would rather have Evil be the champion going into the Dome, and with the potential of, of you know, him getting his ass kicked and losing a title, and away we go, than him challenging for a title number one. Um, like that. Well, that I,
2: if we're considering, there might be briefcase defenses. We're we're going with this Evil with the briefcase. He has lost to Finlay right, and also Mikey Nichols. So maybe we're getting a big Mikey Nichols briefcase challenge uh, <laughs> Destruction in Sumo Hall.
1: Yeah, I don't see that happening, though. <laughs> you know, um, the problem with doing these things, like I know the idea of having everyone be capable of beating anyone is a novel idea. But that's what you're left with in people's minds. Like, and this is not a knock on Mikey Nichols, because I think he had a fine tournament. Um, but he beat a guy who's now potentially going into the finals. Right? Like, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good idea. Like, have definitive winners and losers. And I know people are like, well, Ishii had fucking what? What did he wind up with? Two points? You know? He's still got a lot of gas in the tank. Maybe I mean, you know, against Eddie Kingston, he certainly did. Um, that I guess that's where a lot of people have the challenge right now. Uh, my biggest concern is the sexiest possible matchup is Will and Okada. And we've already seen that multiple times. Like, give me the, like, give me the match. Give me the headline match. That's supposed to, Give everyone a fucking boner. It, it, to me, it's not there yet. And you would think it would be by the time they're handing out trophies and flags and streamers are popping.
2: Yeah, I mean Night another is looking like the most obvious choice at this point, and I think the matches below that would have to do a lot of heavy lifting in terms of carrying interests. Particularly Western fan interest. Not that they need to book it to the taste of Western fans, but you know, you'd expect to see, I don't know, an Okada Danielson rematch or Osprey against I don't know, maybe Kenny Omega again. Not that I particularly want to see it. I think they're done, but um you know, something something like that, something with a bit more juice. So uh but, yeah, Tetsuya United is winning the G one. Okay. Uh next, uh Hikaleo. You said at the start of the show, we're not going to discuss Hiccolo, but I'm. Well, we, are. You. we are going to discuss <laughs> Hicolo because oh. he made it through to the final eight. And you, I think in retrospect, unfairly compared him to giant Gonzalez, but we'll, you know, we'll come back to you on and be interested to hear your thoughts on how you think Hicolo has developed, because I feel that he's got more of the monster in him. Now I feel that there's an increased confidence and, and attitude now that he's been able to work with actual good wrestlers, like, Tsuji and Kiyomiya and Shota and Naito rather than working with the absolute dregs of the US wrestling roster um but just even the little things like the little roars and growls that he's doing at key moments in the match and the way he's been booked more strongly now he's like the musketeer killer the way that his tournament was backloaded with those wins coming at the end and I feel he's proved a lot of doubters wrong because I've talked about the crispness of his strikes and the the slams, the velocity of his slams in particular. But I think his his pacing, his sense of acceleration is very good. He's building together little signature sequences where like, he's manhandling his opponents and asserting that that physical dominance that we wanted to see in a more impactful way than he had been doing before. And also, I think, working a, a really nice variety of creative and, and well-executed counters like, you know, chokeslams coming out of nowhere and last ride power bobs and things like that. I mean, I still think he's a bit too versatile for his own good because he he bumps extremely well for a big man. And I think... Mm-hmm. Maybe his opponents are underselling their ability to lift him. Shota did that really well, but I've not seen other people doing it. They should sell more of a sense of a struggle. But he's finding his lane. He's finding opponents who can play to his strengths. I think he needs to get a heater to speak for him because his promos are still awful. But the crowd are getting into him. And, and I'm, I've am I been the, the Hiccolo cheerleader. Like No one has been singing his praises more than me. But even I am surprised that he made it through. I was caught off guard by that. It's not what I would have chosen. And I get that. Seeing as the, the whoever came second in that block was going to get eliminated by Naito anyway, that they I figure they wouldn't have wanted that to be Shota, they wouldn't didn't want Shota Umulo to lose to Naito again after he lost to him earlier in the year. But you know, I thought there would have been value in having Shota having another Naito match where he loses, you know, even more narrowly and set up Naito as the big sort of hurdle for him. But obviously, they see a lot of upside in Hikeleo, as I do, I think with the right booking as he's received recently, then he could be the next file. And obviously he works a very different style to file and projects a different energy. But it seems to me that that could be the function that he serves on the roster.
1: Okay. I've been hearing could be for since fucking Don Callis was a color guy, you know, like, like when does the potential turn into the, like when does the promise turn into the reality? Um, well, I
2: think this is it now. Like, I don't think he's gonna. This make is it. Any more dramatic improve because he's what? He's thirty one. He's not a young man. No. And th- yeah. So, what are your thoughts on the last few matches that you've had? Have if you've been more impressed by him, or you think is there's not much value there?
1: I mean, I hate to be negative, Ned, but if that's if this is it, like if you're telling me that this is this is it, um. I, I I don't I don't think the the juice is worth the squeeze. I I don't. Um, I think there are maybe not within this promotion, but like I don't know. Like to me, he's he's not even in my top thirty big men. <laughs> you know, um, like I'm just, and I say that of all time. And maybe that's very unfair, but like, would you consider him in the same breath as some of the the monsters of pro wrestling? Like, I I I don't. So like, if that's if this is the ceiling, and and the investment is, you know, this is the payoff. Like, are we really going to do fucking cartwheels here over Hikaleo? Because I don't know. I mean, to me, it's that's a spot that I don't know. I would think it would be pretty valuable. And I don't know if that's the best fit. And like, are we just shoehorning him in because of potential? You're right. He's 30 something years old. Like, okay. This is not a 21 year old. Where 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 are we going with this? If again, would you put a title on him? Are you putting like,
2: uh, are you putting the U.S. title on him? Uh, no, I wouldn't. Right. I think a strong title, never title would, would be the level for him. Okay. So this he's is the monster a, of he's promotion. a promotion. He's a hurdle for the, the other guys, you know, like the, your musketeers to overcome.
1: Mm, okay. I mean, yes, that's, that, I mean, that's what he'll be. But, like, all right, let's put it this way. Peak folly. Peak Fale or Hikaleo?
2: Uh Peak Fale, because I yes. thought you know the way Fale projects himself that, that Fale had that monstrous aura about him that mm-hmm. Hikaleo does not have. Yet, yeah, it could come How? maybe not. Again. I don't I don't want to deal in what maybes with you. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> I just I don't to buy them.
1: I'm not gonna buy them because uh, here's a problem. Like I've I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Uh, he's got all the physical things that you would think would be like, wow, this guy is awful, awfully impressive. I mean, he's not even he's not even in the ballpark of Fale. How about that? He's not even in the fucking Ballpark
2: of Ole. Do you think it is necessary for New Japan to have a big guy on their roster?
1: No. No. It's not it's not like a requirement, but that's what he has to be. I mean he's not gonna be fucking tiger mask, is he? I mean he's he's I mean physically he's just um you know, a monster. Except he's the friendliest looking monster. He's the fucking guy from from Bugs Bunny. You know, the, the orange guy.
2: The, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's who he is. I don't know if that's a more hurtful comparison of the giant Gonzalez. <laughs> He's just <laughs> actually taking this guy to the woodshed.
1: You know, I'm not though, but that's what he But like, I'm, I can't dance around anymore. I can't wait anymore. Like, come on. We shit or get off the fucking pot. And has he has he improved this G1 sure? Sure. But he's nowhere nowhere where we where we need him. Like like if we're going to have a monster, we've got the fucking Jolly Green Giant. That's what we got. We do not have a monster by any stretch of the imagination.
2: Well, um, let's then sort of give big picture thoughts on other entrants in the G1 as it comes to a close. I think looking at block A, we have to discuss the elephant in the room, which is the booking of Kaito Kiyomiya, which yeah. is a massive victory lap for us because we told you from day one, yeah. before the bell had even rung in this tournament, that he wasn't making that out of that block. While everyone else with a podcast out in the streets, fancy booking wins over Okada and runs to the final. We looked at the facts, you know, the historical precedent for how new Japan treat their domestic partners. And Kaito got absolutely big lead here. I mean, he beat, he had two wins. He beat Chase Owens and Suji. He finished sixth, Damon. We were the most sensible and realistic people in the room on his chances. And yet they somehow even managed to fall below that because at least we were speculating he might get a Sonata title shot out of it. And I certainly wasn't expecting to finish sixth. And look, this is not even a reflection on his skills as a wrestler because no. I think the fans love him. I think he's been really good in this tournament. He works the body part really well. You know, maybe he should have worked heel in the tournament as an outsider, but I, I'm kind of glad he didn't. I think he's a natural. He's, he's got all the tools. But until I start seeing hard evidence that he is the push commodity then the booking doesn't lie, you know. Pro wrestling Noah allowed this to happen, and on current evidence, neither they nor New Japan see him as any sort of ace the way that a lot of fans do. There, there's a massive disconnect there between how the companies perceive him and how fans perceived him prior to this tournament. And uh, yeah, most importantly, we were right. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, and and here's the thing too: every match of his, like I've enjoyed, I I I absolutely, and I've said it before that. Having Noah participants in G1 always fucking lands with me. Always. Like, I I enjoy the style. I enjoy, the, like, all of it uh, of when they are in G1. That being said, from a booking, you know, kayfabe, pro wrestling, fandom point of view, yeah. He looks like a fucking geek. Like, sorry. And 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 the proof is in the pudding of where he has landed in this tournament. Like, yeah. He he landed below both of our expectations. <laughs> right? And you're right. I mean, Noah allowed that to happen. <laughs> like. Like, if you like, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Like, how does that help them? How did his participation help him? Okay. We got more eyeballs on him, but okay. So you're a casual New Japan pro wrestling watcher. And again, this is a a prime time that people kind of parachute in and they're not familiar with the, the Noah product. Like you would hope that, okay, well, maybe, you know, you get some more eyeballs on him and maybe that translates into more people watching. No why? <laughs> why would a casual New Japan fan be enamored with the the idea of tuning in to see a guy who isn't up to snuff, time and time again. Right? It's not like Okada didn't treat him like a fucking bitch, right? It is what it is. I'm just amazed. Like, like you knew he wasn't going to the finals, right? Oh, let's put it this way: we knew he wasn't going to the finals. But even I did not expect this. And again, burial, no, no. But yeah, you you could see (laughs) just just he was a guy in in in. New Japan's eyes, and I and obviously it was intentional because they booked it. But man, the fact that like, do you think Noah knew beforehand, or they just said, "Hey, you know what? Let's let let chips fall where they fucking may." Like I, I can't. Like I just don't see how that's a good thing for them. That is not a good look for them.
2: I mean, the exposure thing is what we get told. New Japan are getting out of the AEW relationship, and it doesn't wash right. with me then, and it doesn't wash with me now in this example. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I was going to say a head-scratcher, but it's not. You know, this this is what we expected. It's it's a shame. I think it's a misuse of a very talented wrestler, but until he's able to start advocating for himself and say, no, fuck that, I'm not doing that. I'm not going <laughs> to wrestle in this tournament if I'm going 2-3-2, and two, uh, and actually have a bit of self-respect, then um maybe he's going to WWE. Who knows? They're, they're <laughs> being around
1: Joel, wouldn't it be fucking great to have him in the finals? Like Him against a New Japan guy in the finals, to me, is a thousand times more interesting than what we have presented to us now. The idea of him in the finals, possibly winning... New Japan's biggest tournament. Whew, come on, right? And and a rising tide lifts all ships. You, like it. Like if you're going to do that, like that's where I see Noah getting a a, a rub in, in in interest and peeking eyeballs and like, well, like what does this? What do we? What does the booking due for either promotion right now oh okay great we're, we're we're kicking the shit out of a guy from noah that's 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 what it has come down to and you mean to tell me that him in the finals against okada against will against whomever naito whomever defending the honor of new japan they gotta win the fucking thing they gotta win their own tournament like to me that's a thousand times more interesting than what's on the table now.
2: Yeah, agreed. Um I would have loved to have seen Kaito run deeper in the tournament, but I just, at no point did I think that was gonna happen. So no. Um there we go. I'll be curious to see where he goes next. Because if he just you know he's missed the N1 for this. if he just sort of goes back to Noah and is, you know, just the guy there, then that's very, very strange indeed. But um we'll wait and see. I mean, he's young enough for there to be a few twists and turns in his career yet. But um, yeah, it's uh, not been an impressive grade one climax for him in terms of the points, at least. Um, All right, then. Um, Rest of A block. I mean, I'm not going to go wrestler by wrestler, but I do think A block deserves a bit more discussion than the others. Um, Yota Suji, he got seven points. I had this theory that each of the Musketeers were going to get a unique achievement. So Suji was the only one of the Musketeers... To defeat a fellow Musketeer during the tournament, he beat Shota. And Tsuji, like, he might have the most crowd pleasing moveset in the company. He's just great fun to watch. Great sense of escalation in the last minutes of his matches, particularly the Shota match. I thought that was really outstanding. They started thumping each other. They were getting angrier and angrier. The forearms, the kicks, the knees, the, the big head bite that he does. It was one of the best strike exchanges I've seen for ages. And, you know, both boys. Len in the hits really snug and all those prior draws between the Musketeers set the stage for for the final minutes of that match where he did get that win, being the the, the first Musketeer to beat one of his uh, fellow Musketeers. So that was a big statement win. I mean, not necessarily within the context of the tournament, but it's good to see him planting his flag in the ground for the years of feuds between these guys moving forward. And uh, I thought that was a significant result. And just the little touch at the end, Suji throwing Shota out of the ring, uh, just said so much about both characters in a, a pretty small moment there. Like, Shota wasn't willing to quietly roll out of the ring. You know, he's got that touch of the Hogan in him and Suju being like, nah, fuck that noise, get out of here. So it was just a, a wonderful glimpse into the future with two really talented guys progressing exactly as they should in, in a, a match that honestly you could really see as a future IWGP title match in some kind of dome-top structure in the future. I, I also really enjoyed the use of his twin brother, who is was also called Shota uh, against Gabe Kidd. So that was a really good payoff to the tournament. Long story, they had of um, Gabe Jump and his opponents. Um, Ren had six points. He he got better in the end. I thought the Kaito match was really good. I think that's where he sort of found his confidence. He found a bit more of that dog in him. So that's he's moving in the right direction there. How much of that we attribute to Kaito being a, a very good wrestler who's good at showcasing his opponent's strengths? That remains to be seen. Um, Shota also got six points here and. I feel, yeah, he's come on leaps and bounds during this tournament, you know, seeing that that fire and passion and energy in him, he's, you know, stomping and yelling at his opponents like a, a, a an angry school prefect <laughs> berating a, a defiant student. I, I think Shota is well on his way to future ace, he seems to just have that that Tanahashi vibe about him, he's putting it all together right before our eyes, um, and I would say along with Gabe Kidd, he, he probably benefited the most from the A-block shark tank, because it seems to me that show has taken that musketeer's responsibility. He's taken that ball. He's he's running with it, and yeah, I'm honestly surprised he didn't make it out of the block. I thought he he would have been my pick to get through. This um, is the other person worth discussing is Gabe Kids because yeah, he had five points, but I mean, some of the stuff that he comes out with, like, well, he says, a quote here: uh, "Brought to the care home, drop kick your nan out of a wheelchair while she's watching <coughs> Judge Rinder." And uh, then the, in the Suji match when he's got the two Sujis there and he says, Fuck you, Suji, Sosh there, fuck you, Suji. Like genuinely funny there, right? He's got good, good comedic chops there. Um him tearing up the arena because he was forced to enter first against Sonata. He, he's just a, a fantastically entertaining man to watch, but also extremely frightening. Like he he embodies all the, the madness and macabre of a Saturday night in a Weatherspoons pub. Like he's the guy who gets Absolutely wankered and then headbutts a window to show everyone how tough he is, and then spends the night in a and I love him, David. I love Gabe so much. His his shit housing during the down periods of his matches puts a big smile on my face. He's getting really good crowd heat. I think he's a brilliant foil for the baby faces, particularly the Musketeers. You know, he's come up with a dojo w- with these guys. He spent time in the UK with them. He's, I think, he's a massive part of their future. I think his anger and his energy plays off of their stars really well. I think his striking is exceptional. His moves all look like they hurt. And to me, this is the real successor to Suzuki's and Chibata's. He's the reason why guys like Finlay and Ren should be sweating right now because Gabe's eating their lunches and even cheats really well in the matches. I, I told yeah. man, I told man before the tournament even started, This guy's the truth. It's the truth. You take that image of Gabe holding the IWGP title at the start of the Sonata match. File that away for later, because one day, well, don't Gabe put it online. With his don't,
1: talent, don't, don't put it online because because <laughs> <laughs> it will get blocked. No, but, no, but that
2: got yeah. copyright strike. That's that's right. gone. So don't try and look for that. But when that when his push starts to align with his talent, that is going to be a great day. He he is someone said it on a Discord. He's the Roadman Stan Hansen. So believe um, Chase Owens. Crowd doesn't give a solitary shit what he does. He, he kills the atmosphere stone dead. That's undeniable. I don't think wow. he's very good at, at showcasing his opponent's strengths. All the matches he had were Chase Owen's matches. So uh wasn't a huge fan of him. Uh, yeah, so anyone f- or any matches from A Block, the, the guys we've not discussed yet, you would like well, to throw some flowers or some poo-poo at?
1: I'm with you on, on, on the Gabe Kid. And uh, to me, he's one of those guys that, took the most advantage of the situation and the opportunity. um, And he stood out like a sore thumb. Like like, Like he's one of those guys that people have talked about and has gotten buzz. And yeah, like coming out of G1, like that list is somewhat short and he's right there at the top. Absolutely right there at the top. And when you think about like the, the challenges that he's come out of, you know, he's had some fucking tough months. You know, he, you know, he was one of those guys where I was begging to get off of social media because it was just not somewhere he needed to be uh, given the circumstances of his life. Uh, and cutting that promo in Philadelphia, in the ring. Look, he's come from a fucking dark place to make the most of his opportunity. So if there's a, if there's one story coming out of G1, it's him. And uh, look, I couldn't be happier for the guy. Couldn't be happier for the guy. Um, and hopefully... He here's what I hope. I hope that there was a moment where he's in his hotel room and he is lying in his bed and maybe he has a strong zero with him, maybe an onigiri, maybe uh, some sweet treat, and he just takes a moment to recognize that. I, I hope he's had an opportunity to do that because um, it's well earned. The Musketeers, like sometimes I think it's things that we try to give to uh, them as kind of like little little milestones and little things that in five years we can rewind the tape. And say, oh, you know, this leads to where we are today. And I gotta be honest with you, in the past, I would have all the confidence in the world that that would be the case. And I don't know if I have that right now. I don't know if I have the fact that there is that long term breadcrumb, little Easter egg kind of thing going on with the New Japan booking. I, I I just don't know. And I say that only because it's somewhat hasn't happened in recent years, has it? Like the idea of Okada chasing Tanahashi and you know losing the big and even Naito, right? You know, finally getting that fucking chance and finally making the most of that opportunity in front of, like, like, like those things. And again, we still have time, obviously, to build that, that story on the foundation that we have right now. Uh, I'm not saying it will happen, but it just feels like, like, it just feels like it's somewhat Like, those breadcrumbs don't necessarily mean as much anymore. And maybe I'm just fucking not, uh, maybe it's just not connecting with me, but I just don't know if, like, that's going to be something that New Japan Pro Wrestling is necessarily concerned with. I don't know.
2: I think maybe the breadcrumbs got buggered up by COVID. That's my yeah. charitable reading of the situation. That I, you know, I, I don't feel that the lifeless J.Y. Okada feud of last year had been in Ghetto's little book years prior. You know, I just feel that there was a lot of treading water going on whilst waiting for things to get back to normal. And now... Yeah, I, I mean, I'm more of an optimist. I mean, people might mock me and think, yeah, I'm just always trying to find the positive in these things. But I do feel that we have some breadcrumbs with these young guys who I thought have um, had, particularly in the case of Suji and Umino, really fantastic tournaments. So um, that is A block. B block, I mean, we got ELP, Taichi, Tangaloa, Kenta, Gretokan, Yoshihashi. I'm just not really a huge amount more to say about any of those guys that we haven't already discussed um, we're all waiting for a big, great O'Con angle to come. It might come. It might not come. I don't know. I was infused by the crowd reaction he got with his heroics today in the Osprey versus Finlay match. But I feel tag stuff is in his future. Um, the only other person I feel that's worth discussing is El Phantasmo. Do you think he improved his stock in this tournament? Um, he's now buddying up with G.O.D., so I thought it might be fun to see an ELP Hikaleo tag team. Yeah, <laughs> You are not <laughs> going to share in that. But um, yeah, how do you feel about ELP coming out the back of this tournament and his future? Because there is, I mean, you can tell there's a huge crowd connection now. The crowd love him, but they, as of yet, have not pulled the trigger on anything significant for him
1: that's the thing um i'm i'm very concerned that he winds up in this purgatory of midcard um and i don't look i know the stats i know chris samsa was right there with the numbers as he always is what a good guy uh and 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 Tongaloa is always in the mix. I, uh, the numbers don't lie, right? Big big spots in in no, recent. No, no Tamatonga. Time. I
2: think Tamatonga. Was the what did I say? Tongaloa. Yeah.
1: I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. Tamatonga. <laughs> Tongaloa is not in the
2: mix at all. He is
1: not in the mix, nor should he be. Um. By the way, can and I'm just going to pivot just a second, being that we're on the Tongaloa. Do you f- think? And again, uh, he's a big boy. He can make his own decisions, all that stuff. I feel like that was a really fucking bad spot for him in the sense of, man, he just came off of knee surgery. And we know that he, even when his knees were perfect, he wasn't really a a guy you could lean on for for quality matches. Like, you know, tag matches. There's there's been a few sprinkled in there. But uh, like a singles match? And then you're going to put him in a fucking tournament? Like, that just seemed like just a bad decision all the way around. All right. Anywho, ELP. Um, I I am concerned. Look, that Will match was fantastic. Absolutely fucking fantastic. Um, And I think he hasn't had a bad tournament, but he's had. uh, He's had a tournament where. You're kind of left scratching your head with. Okay, now what? And if now what is Tongaloa, Tamatanga, that feels very, very mid, as the kids would say. Uh, like that's just like oh, I think I like oh, like that's a step backwards in my mind. Like that's a step backwards in my mind. Um, and he's doing. New Japan is doing him no favors right now. <laughs> you know what I mean like it just doesn't feel like they're doing him any favors right now. uh I don't know. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do, and i don't and I don't know why it's this i like i i I, I wanna say we take one step forward and two steps back and it feels like it's that way with so many fucking guys right now and i just i don't know i i, I look i have concerns man i'm not going to lie i have concerns and i have more concerns with the idea or even just a thought of guys like osprey not being there and even the elp not being there like like do something with the fucking guy will you please um And I just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just fucking negative Ned right now. But boy, I I just feel like a lot of, a lot of treading water is going on. And, and which has me perplexed because you would think, like, what the fuck else are you doing during COVID? Okay. I understand treading water there. I get it. But we are well past that. And, like, what were you doing the whole fucking time? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I understand injuries and contracts and people coming and people go. I, I under, I understand that. But oof, where's the creativity? Where's let me take that back because there was creativity in 2023, Joe. Where's that momentum? Where is that? I don't know. We're co- I don't know. I I you come out of. Look, the biggest thing that people have to look forward to, it feels like, is yet another Will Kenny match. And I'm not shitting on that because the matches are great, but we're relying on a guy who's not even full-time New Japan pro wrestling and a guy who, you know, we don't really quite know right now what's the future holding. That's what people are hanging their hats on. And the idea of these young lions that are, have graduated and are being anointed as the new generation that's going to lift New Japan in the years to come. And while on paper, it does seem like you know we're in good shape. It's there's a lot of uncertainty there. There's a lot of uncertainty there, Joel. And right now I'm I'm not, I'm not a thousand percent convinced. And that's why I'm going to throw, I, I, I throw it out there last week. I'm going to throw it out there again. Do we need a change in the booking? Do we need a fresh face? Do we need a fresh idea?
2: Mm, I want to see more from what happens with this new crop of, I say youngsters, but, you know, Shota, Suji, Gabe. I want to see what they do with you when he comes back. I want to see what happens with um, Oiwa and Fujita and Oleg, because I think that is where my interest lies. I mean, what happens with ELP over the next? 18 months, like, whatever. I would like him to get a push, but if he doesn't get pushed, it's not the end of the world. You know, he is just a small piece in the New Japan Jigsaw. He's not a major player. So that is not something that I would be hitting the alarm bells on. But I do take your point that you are noticing this being a pattern of, what would you say, malpractice with certain members of the roster? No doubt. And,
1: and I'll go so far as to say this. Give me evidence that ghetto and, and we'll just leave him as the whole of the booking committee is uh, ha- can work with talent that might not be as gr- like okay let's let's be honest here he was handed a a situation where he had a roster full of generational generational talent and turned it to gold right can he do that same thing with talent that might not be generational like does he have a great track record of developing talent to be that? Was Jay White that I I would I would question that right who else? Who else is a guy that wasn't already really good when he took over?
2: Right? Well, it's not his job to make the wrestlers improve. That's their job to get better. It's his job to book interesting storylines and long term feuds with them.
1: Okay, fair enough. But 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 it's it is also his job to put them in positions to do that. Right, like who else? I mean, look, a Gabe kid situation is only going to take you so far, right? Like, you need help from the promotion to fucking put you in positions to be to take that next level. Like, Gabe's doing it on his fucking own to a large degree,
2: right? You're not going to give it any credit for the rise of Will Ospreay for that. Uh, okay,
1: okay, uh, yes, I'll, I'll give him credit for that. But like, to me, that's that's one of those cases where,
2: like, how do you not, <laughs> right? Like, how do you how do you not do that? Now, all right. So, who are the guys that you think are getting underutilized that you would like to see put more prominently? N- it's the
1: choices that he has made in 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 the okay let's let's lay it out how about great o'con do you think great yep. o'con has been absolutely undervalued
2: yes okay how I, about- yeah, I i think there's been a, a lot of wasted like i've mentioned before the Jay Wyatt versus Okada feud of last year I think that was a waste seeing as Jay White left the company that is six months or so that you could have easily spent on someone who was actually going to stay with the company in building them you know just for the sake of argument let's say it was a a surprise Great Okan title win and it was Great Okan who went on the dominant run through the the back half of 2022 and then lost the title at Okada to 2023 and I'm not saying that that's what should have happened but yeah, I agree with you that that might have been a, a a better spot that you could have used on someone who's actually going to stick around with you Japan.
1: Okay. How about
2: show and or yo? <laughs> um <coughs> yo I think is fine. I Really? I think yeah, yeah, I I think he is where he should be given his output. He's getting better, but I've not seen enough from him consistently to think yeah, this guy should be junior ace uh show yeah <laughs> what's happening with show is very bizarre and you know we've seen that he is capable of being a very talented and dynamic singles wrestler i'm not saying that i necessarily want him to go back to his mini shingo routine but um, i'm not sure what he's doing now whilst he is very funny and entertaining i'm not sure that that is the most efficient use of his skill set okay how about elp uh, yeah, I'd like to see more from LP, but I, I th- was wondering if I was in the minority there because I just it seemed that like other people are not as uh, enthusiastic about him as I am. But mm. okay. we're on the same page. Yep. How about Kushida? Um, I'm okay with Kushida's spot at the moment. I mean, really, I'm, he has a spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the dojo. He's a teacher now. Oh,
1: okay. All right. All right. You you don't, you don't want to see him in the ring?
2: I do. I mean, I think there's a spot for him, but I don't think there's anything that could be done with Kashida that would make me think, oh, wow, yes, excited to see Kashida. I, I think the division's moved on from him.
1: Okay. But well, when he was signed, I think people were very excited at the prospect of him returning to New Japan.
2: Right? No? Um... I think a lot of that was fantasy booking. I mean, true. maybe we were guilty of it as well, but okay. I don't think there was any point where I thought, yeah, he's definitely going to be turning heel and joining Bullet Club or whatever. Okay. He um, might not be interested in doing that, to be fair. He might just be cool with just coming in for the occasional tour and spending most of his time in Florida with his family.
1: I mean, that sounds like a better life to me, to be honest with you, right? I mean, that's, that's the way to go. Uh, okay. Now let's talk about people who who might be the opposite, right? Let's start with David Finley. Is he a best choice? I think the jury's still out, but, and I think there's, there's more time, but as of right now, David Finley in the spot that he has.
2: Uh, Yes, but I would like to believe that there's a flexibility to pivot away from that. If a better option becomes available.
1: Okay. And that's fair. How about, uh, I'm going to go
2: go the,
1: yep. I'm going to go the opposite way.
2: And again, I'm
1: just throwing names out. How about Juice Robinson?
2: Uh, yeah. Drop the ball with him completely. Okay. All right. Um.
1: I mean, are, like, I I feel like there are a lot of instances of that, and then the questionable decisions of who he has decided to run with. Like to me, that's just I. I you know, that's the proofs in the pudding. Now again, wrestling style and wrestling uh uh you know w- what New Japan pro wrestling r- represents in past years compared to what it is now. Um I think is 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 plays a factor in that, but again, I, like I in the history of pro wrestling it is rare to have someone in control of creative for that long. It just is. And I, I really think that we are at the point where possibly, and I'm throwing it out there, that we are at the point of diminishing returns. Like what what look look, where's where's Kikuchi when you need him? All right? That's all I gotta say. All right? Like like let's bring Kikuchi back into the fold. All right?
2: That's all I'm saying. Here here. I mean he's the one who writes all those Compelling storylines that we love so much. Um, all right, then. Uh, big picture thoughts on C Block. There's not a huge amount to sink your teeth into here. Tamatonga, I think, has hit his ceiling. He's good. He's not great. I don't think he's ever going to progress past what we're seeing at this point. Eddie Kingston, I thought was really good. Um, I will I will give him his flowers. I thought he did really well. It peaked with the Ishii match and I think a lot of that was Ishii doing the heavy lifting, but I thought he was a net positive to the tournament. So uh, well done, Eddie. And I enjoyed him on commentary as well. You could feel the sort of the reverence he had for the spot he'd been given and being able to work in New Japan and even being able to commentate on a Tanahashi Naito match and that came through in his commentary. So I thought he did really well there. Um, Shingo was all right. I think he fell below his usual high standards. I don't think it was a, a vintage tournament from him by any means. Uh, Mikey Nichols, I thought he came away with stonks increased. I think he worked really hard and showed a lot of uh, fire and fight in him. That is, I think, uh, as I said before, increased enthusiasm in him and Shane going forward in a TMDK tag run uh, Hinari I thought has been one of the stronger members of the block I thought he's had a really good tournament as well I thought that Ishii and Shingo matches were outstanding and Ishii as well probably block MVP and I know that's a chalk pick but I thought he's had a really tremendous tournament and he does it with very little fuss and you know only four points for him but um, yeah as cliche as it is I think he he showed a lot of other people up in this block
1: Eddie Kingston was a joy. Like, he was a joy. And my and the biggest concerns that I think we both had was, okay, how is this going to work over the stretch of seven, eight, nine matches um, when he doesn't really have that uh emotional attachment to who he's wrestling. Um, but he made the most of that. Like, I mean, I, I don't I don't think even if like some of the matches weren't the greatest of matches, like you know his heart and soul was in it, and it's hard not to root for the dude. Um, and being able to experience something that he never thought would 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 happen, um, you got to tip your cap to the guy. He's he's busted his ass um, and has done everything in his power to 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 make it worthwhile um, and to hopefully get a you know a, a call back. That's, that's really, and I don't see why not. I don't see why not. Um, look, Ishii is fantastic and his body of work for a lot of people is the main reason why they became fans of this product and, and rightfully so, um, is it a one trick pony? It's an Ishii match, right? You know what you're getting. That does not diminish the fact that it is fucking awesome. (laughs) Like, it is fun. And it's almost always something that delivers. So um, it's sad in the sense of, you know, this is, you know, one of, if not the last G1 for the dude. Um, And that's another thing that people are somewhat, you know, sad about but that's the circle of life kids um i don't know is there anybody else that stood out to you there i don't i don't know i don't know did you enjoy hinori i did but i think that um the steam like he had a better f- first half than he did second half um and look a fucking neck that is at best questionable right at this point um says a lot about his fucking resolve and the balls that he fucking has. And like, let's be honest. Um, I think he had an outstanding tournament first half. Second half, it was good. Um, but yeah, I think you know, if look, I I, I truly believe that if if his neck didn't get totally fucked up first match that we would be even there'd be more praise and more flowers coming his way. Um, But yeah, you, you, you got to admire the guy for making once again, most of the situation and you got to give him a tip of the cap, just having the fucking balls to, to, to tough it through. No doubt. Like, and make no mistake about it. I mean, from what we understand, you know, it's not like, At this point, it is a career-threatening injury, but like, trust me, he's hurt. (laughs) He feels it, and he's gutting his way through it. So you got to tip your cap to the dude.
2: Yeah, and being able to deliver those two high-profile matches, the Shingo match and the Ishii match at such a high level. And and I know that Ishii match in particular, that must have meant a lot to Honore personally because those singles matches he has with Ishii, they're like a cool little benchmark to show how he's developed over the years and um I think a lot of people were doubtful about Hinari's inclusion. I think he shut a lot of people up with matches like this. And, and you know, as we said, I think the day Ishii eventually withdraws from G1 participation, maybe Hinari is the man to take up that mantle. Obviously they're both very different, but in terms of the the energy and, and intensity that they bring. And the the match between them, I really loved it. Cause it wasn't just like they're mindlessly wailing on each other. They're both intelligent in the way the matches are paced and, and laid out to maximise the, the the drama of the more impactful sports and build up to those big moments with these little self-contained narratives like, you know, whether Henry can land a, a certain move like, can he get the ultima as it was the case in this match and really got the crowd involved in that so I think, you know, just hand-waving this with oh, those beefy boys having a meat slapper I think that's reductive there's a lot of thought that goes into these matches it's not just guys doing moves to each other I thought it was a really fantastic match. Like There was nothing at stake in terms of the block outcomes, but crowd loved it. I thought it was a nice moment for Hina to get that monkey off his back and stake his claim as you know, one of the premier hard hitters in the company. So I, I, I enjoyed that one a lot. Um, I mean, that's a nice spot.
1: Well- it needs to be filled, right? We know that. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a roster in transition. Uh, so we'll, we'll wait and see what that looks like in the future. Uh, D-block then... Jeff Cobb had a really good tournament. Um, I quite liked the finish of the match with uh, Shane Hayes, with Shane clinging onto his leg, holding on for the uh, the, the draw to give his teammate, Zach, the, the rub, let him get through. I thought that was a pretty good moment. But yeah, good good tournament from Cobb. Um, I do think maybe the boat has passed on him in terms of the big singles push. I think tag stuff is in the future... Let's get Carl the Cobb going again. I'd like to see more from them. Um, Alex Coglin had his moments. He's, he's been a lot of fun to watch. You know, stuff like using Oscar Loibra as a weapon. I thought the Tanahashi match was pretty good. He's like reversing the high fly flow into the bridging pin. He's obviously still got a lot of growing to do. That's to be expected. But I think, you know, he, he is the beneficiary of the annual G1 debutant win over Tanahashi. I think like Chase and Hinari had that before him. But... Um, yeah, I thought that was a good match there. Uh, I thought Tanahashi did a lot of hard work to make Coglin look good. I thought the finish was really good. Um, Tanahashi was going for like the inside cradle, but Coglin powered through it to get the jackhammer. Um, so yeah, I thought Coglin's t- had a, a decent first tournament, but um, obviously, there's still some way to go for him. Tanahashi surprised me. I mean, he's still obviously struggling physically, and he's not the man that he was. You know, even. Two or three years ago, but he held up well. There were, I, I had fears at the start of the tournament that it was all going to go pear shape for him and completely fall apart, but it didn't. And I, he really went out on a high with that NITO match. So fair play to him. Like when, when his back's to the wall, he always manages to deliver. Um, got I and I know he was struggling with an injury again. He went out on a high. I thought the Zach match was really good. Uh, Shane Haste, again, I thought he increased his stonks with some very spirited performances. The Naito match was really good. Um, so again, I think let's just put a bit of juice into investment in a, a future TMDK title push. Um, Yano Toriano, yes. yeah. Anything you would like to talk about from D-Block? Uh,
1: the the main thing, and again, we're, we've gone two hours, So, but my point will be this. Um... What a what a fucking pro Hiroshi Tanahashi is. Not the fact that he went out there and had a really good match with Naito when physically no one even thought that was possible. Um, the fact that he consistently... And it feels like it's almost always Hiroshi Tanahashi who is lying down to help elevate people who... Uh, You wouldn't think um, was going to get that rub and you and you rattle them off and and name me a guy that that is maybe to a fault. Absolutely. So willing to 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 do stuff like that. Um, And when he doesn't have to like if there's anybody in that locker room that would be like, nah, I ain't fucking doing that. Um, It could be him, but it never is. And um, I think there is a lot to be said about that, like getting a win, a pinfall over Hiroshi Tanahashi, even to this day is not something people take lightly and it gives instant credibility, but it is pro wrestling and he could very easily be like, fuck that noise. Um, but once again, <laughs> one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time knowing that that's the right thing to do. Um, and in pro wrestling, that's not always the case as we are well aware.
2: Let's um, just one more question. While we're on D block, uh, this is from a friend of the show. Elliot it says, do you think Zach will ever make a G one final or is he permanently slotted as an upper mid card guy? He gives all the top guys great matches, but never quite gets towards the top himself.
1: Well, I mean, he was the guy that not only got pinfall wins, but submission wins when he went on that fucking tear. Um, Was that New Japan Cup? Um, (sighs) Look, if they were going to do it, I kind of feel like they would have done it, but, but, but. There were a lot of roadblocks in his way, right? There, there were some top fucking guys in that company when, you know, the times when you could have done it, you know, you got to get past Tanahashi and Okada and Naito and Ibushi. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's might be a little bit tough to do. Um, does he have the talent to do it? Of course. Um, would I like for it to happen? Yes. But I get it. You know, I get it. There is uh, – if they were going to do it, they would have done it. But I understand why they didn't do it.
2: Uh, Let's do one more here. This is from Liam. He says, would you eat the Tetsuya Naito cutlet sandwich to presumably celebrate him winning the G1? Because Naito is winning the G1. So I've sent you this on Twitter. It's your thoughts here. on the Naito cutlet
1: sandwich? All right, there's the cutlet and there's the what is the white sauce? That's not tartar sauce. What a great is that? Russian.
2: Yeah, I, it may be some sort.
1: Of, uh, yeah, tartar sauce, I would guess. Yeah, or it's, if it's if it's just like a giant hunk of mayonnaise, no, absolutely not. I'm not the biggest fan of mayonnaise to begin with. Uh, a little bit is fine, but that's entirely too. Much. Yes, what is that like? Like a like a spread of some kind, and
2: it's not. We like need there's, one of our listeners in Japan to try it and, yes. and let us know exactly what it is.
1: Yeah, please. I would... Uh, I, yeah. Um, yeah, we need somebody to translate because the chicken cutlet lo- looks actually really, really fucking good. Um, I just I just need to know what the white sauce is. If I can have clarification on that. Uh, yeah, I would be... I'd, I would definitely fucking... As uh, Joel would say... I would, um, oh, what the fuck? Not get tucked in? Is it, what does it get? Um, come on, help me out. Help me get what, uh, I, stuck, in stuck, me in? stuck
2: in, stuck okay. in, stuck
1: yeah. in. That's the one. Well, you can say, tuck in, i tuck into that. Yeah, I like sucking, stuck into that. Thank you. Thank you. That's my, uh, that's my, uh, my, uh, British 101 <laughs> for the day. Thank you. All right.
2: Well, let's, uh, knock it on the head then. Um, Oh, I hope you've enjoyed my new high power microphone. You uh, sound like a million buck. Thank bucks. you to editor down for the recommendation that he, the man knows his stuff with his uh, shiny new studio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. If you want to throw some money our way, that's always very much appreciated. If you want a link to our Discord, you can send me a direct message on Twitter Don't Copra Kawaii. Don't send it, don't. Don't, don't, don't they've it. all gone mental. G1 has rotted their brains. yeah dot um, forward slash Super JCast for our t shirts. And a thank you, as always, to Editor Dan, who's on Twitter at LousyHero two one nine. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the Super JCast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And goodbye.
0: So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, available on all of your favorite podcast apps.